not a place for a priest, you shouldn't be here. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, where we're all about cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and I am joined by... Brennan Fitzpatrick. Last week, we talked about Go from 1999, and this week, due to a uh, one crazy night connection we will be yep. discussing bad times at the el royale then uh we will not be having our next movie connection at the end of this episode like we normally do because we are doing a makeup week in order to uh make up a week that we missed so we're doing two movies this week so we have this movie and then uh we've already done a forced connection of mixed nuts for the next episode in time for christmas so that'll come Absolutely. out wednesday that's why this is a bonus midweek podcast or, well, mid- middle of our podcasting week. It is on the weekend that we're recording yep. this. And so. I do have the thematic connection ready to go and ready to flex and crack my knuckles and tell you what it is when oh, we get for, there. For to get from nuts. here to mixed nuts. Oh, oh yeah. good. Yes. So what we're going to do basically is, you know, normally at the end of these podcasts, we read listener connections and our connections and then pick what's going to be next week. Uh, mm-hmm. What we're going to do instead is we are doing the like forced connection challenge where we have to figure out how we are getting from bad times at the El Royale to mix nuts for Wednesday's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, you know, after this episode, go and watch mix nuts. If you have not yet, send in your feedback. Uh, if you've not yet sent in feedback for bad times of the El Royale, I know since we recorded a little bit early, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of that remaining bad times of the El Royale feedback at the top of the mix nuts episode as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that was what we were talking about. So, all of that is to say, get your feedback in at Ladder Movie on Letterboxd and Twitter, themovieladder at gmail.com. Uh, we will be spoiling Bad Times at the El Royale, and I don't know if we're going to do much else. I mean, we'll probably talk about some stuff before, but once we start talking about Bad Times at the El Royale, uh, we're just going to we're going to talk about full spoilers. So uh, I don't think there's really any reason why you like. There's no timestamp in this description. I don't think, right? There would nope. be no reason for somebody to skip forward this week. Yeah. No. Nope, we're not going to have anything after. So yeah. No. Um, and if we do, then there will be a time. St- if there, you see a timestamp in the description of this podcast, it means we did some sort of after episode thing. And we want a like, bonus on top of the bonus, a double right. bonus. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't <laughs> seen Bad Times of the El Royale, go and watch it. I think we would both say right off the top, I, I would highly recommend somebody watch this movie. I would too. Actually, this was yeah, this was really fun, and I think um, it's got a lot of surprises. It's got a lot of really great performances. Um. Top-notch cast. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this if they take the time to watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a really good time watching this movie. So I'm glad I, we picked it as a bonus. Yeah, and, and the thing I told you, so I watched it before you, and then I, I texted mm-hmm. you and said, uh, don't look at the cast list before you watch this right. movie. So, and I, you know, if you look at the, if you look at the uh, the poster art, you do see the cast. I, there. Um, we're getting into this movie, so go watch yeah. it. It's it's renting. I think it's a big mistake that this movie is not streaming for free on Netflix or Amazon or somewhere. I agree, yeah. It, this is like the perfect movie to be streaming. I would have thought that this – I was kind of hoping that when I booted up my uh, Amazon that it would be free through Stars because I get the Stars through Amazon thing. Yeah. And when it didn't, I was really disappointed. Yeah, I um, I, I am too. And I think like one thing that I'd like to talk about is like this feels like a season of a TV show and a movie. Well, basically, I mean, this connects to our very first podcast. This felt like it could have been a season of Fargo. Oh, yeah. This Digest- movie was Digesting basically, bad times at the El Royale. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you had expanded 
the character arcs of everyone in this movie, you could have gotten a full season of Fargo out of this one film. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, it really felt like, it really felt like Fargo, it really felt like Tarantino, it, and Drew Goddard, the director of this film, is not a big name, he's only made a few other movies, including, uh, Cabin in the Woods, um, but I thought he he's really... written and produced a lot and written yeah. and produced a lot of TV. You know, we're talking about TV. So he's written and produced for a ton of shows. I mean, I know yeah. I'm not a Buffy fan, but I know uh, he's very famous from some of his work on Buffy. He yeah. worked on Lost. Obviously, yeah. you and I are both fans of that. Worked on Daredevil. Yeah. Um, what other shows did he, has he worked on? I and, feel like there's something else recently that he worked on. And you can certainly see the connections to both Buffy the Vampire Slayer and lost in the way this movie handled pacing character arcs flashbacks um there's a lot of really fun nods and winks to his previous work if you're looking for it uh in this film for sure yeah stylistically Um, yeah all right so uh that's that is to say turn this off if you haven't seen it because we're going to start spoiling plot stuff i hope Uh, that was a good enough tease for you yeah uh and i would say the big connection is to his other movie that he directed which Mm -hmm. is cabin in the woods and that uh, Chris Hemsworth shows up as the big bad at the end of the big end Hemsworth of the movie. energy. And I didn't even recognize him. And I know you were talking about the poster and yeah, I did not look at the cast list. So I had seen the poster a million times because I've been clicking around, um, gathering information about for the podcast about the movie, but did not, um, look at the cast list before I watched it last night, but I had seen the poster, didn't recognize him at all. So I was not expecting it to be Chris Hemsworth. Um, and when it was him, I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. It, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's it's really yeah. great to have him show up. Um, I knew he was in this movie and I just kind of forgot because mm-hmm. I had heard about this movie a while back. And I feel like I confused this one. There's another movie with a similar name that came out um, that I can't think of right now. That Yeah, where, where a bunch like, of people are stuck in a hotel. It's like Yeah, a I just feel like there was another movie that came out that was like this that was not good. And so yeah. I always in my head exactly. mix those two movies up. Um, right. and, and I'm really glad this, this movie, that I would say starts Viola Davis, right? Uh, maybe, maybe that maybe. might be right. Um, I, I'm just looking at movies that we've covered this year and I know we're, you know, we're talking about doing a, a year in review wrap up show around new year's. Mm. Um, and I think out of all the movies that we've watched as a first time movie, the only one that for me really made me as excited as this that we watched was Apocalypse Now. Um, yeah. And now, I mean, that's not, you know, there are a lot of rewatches that we've had, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Citizen Kane, movies yeah. that I'd seen, Dick Tracy. But in terms of, a, for me, a new movie that I had not seen, this one just, I I, I was just like loving it the whole time. I mean, from, from the opening of the movie all the way through just the craziness that happens with the final act when Hemsworth is the big bad, it's just like it's the kind of movie I wish they made more of. Yeah, this was a movie that I had no idea what to expect going in, except you saying, I think you're going to like this movie. And other than that, like I I remember the trailer very specifically in 2018. But we're going to talk about this later. 2018 was such a stacked year. This yeah. was one that I just missed. And, and it was one I missed. And then I went after I watched this to add to my top 10 of 2018. Yeah. And. I forgot what a good year it was. And it's, I mean, as much as I love this movie, it's not even very high on my top 10 list for 2018. Cause that Absolutely. year was so good. Um, uh, 
Yeah, and I did not say you're going to like this movie because I didn't did not want to tip off the hand. I just said I'm interested. I'm excited to talk about this movie. Was the specific uh, okay. phrasing I used because I did not want to. Uh, Fair enough. Put any kind of expectations for you since this was a blind spot for both of us. Coming. Yeah, I'm right there with you that I was very excited to delve deep into a movie that I had never seen before. But I was very excited by the cast. Um, this is the second thing I've watched starring Cynthia Revo this year. Um, she was the star along with uh, Ben Mendelsohn of Stephen King's The Outsider. Yeah, that was year, what I was trying. Was I, was, I knew she yeah. looked so familiar, and I could not yeah. figure out what I recognized her from. And then it wasn't until yeah. after this movie that I realized it was that. And that was actually a really fun miniseries. There were parts that were really great about that, parts that I didn't like as much. But um, it was really fun to see her pop up here. And um, damn, she's got some pipes, yo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we very did not even. Her singing was amazing. And I, I texted you, and I said is she i think she's doing this live it's not dubbed and you're like yeah it's 100 percent her and i was like holy crap that's incredible yeah. um she was nominated right for best song for harriet um she was nominated for best actress for harriet i believe okay but she i believe she sang in that and did the maybe did the song from harriet at the oscars oh you might be right is i didn't yeah. realize harriet had a musical component to it um yeah i missed harriet last year unfortunately but um yeah that, yes, yeah, so that was I think that was where I first heard the name Cynthia Revo. although yeah. I had seen Widows, which I feel like Widows is another movie similar to this, where it's just a crime movie. Yeah, and sure. that's it, that's an original story that has a great cast and it, it kind of blows expectations out of the water. I feel like and that also actually came out in 2018. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's funny, we don't have a connection off of this, but I think Widows would be a really good next movie to do off yeah. of Bad Times of the El Royale. Yeah, Widow, Widows would have been a lot of fun, and that would have definitely been among the suggestions if we were doing something next week, um, along with uh, Jeff Bridges in a musical where he sings, or a, a movie where he sings uh, Crazy Heart would have also been fun. Oh, Crazy uh, Heart's one I didn't see, actually. I haven't seen it either, and that would have been a fun new one, but um, I, I absolutely loved Widows, and it's really cool to see her pop up again here. Um, I thought everybody in this movie did a really great job, even the people that I was unfamiliar with. Um, the young actor who played Miles, I thought, did a really, really good job. Um, I liked him. I had never seen him in anything. Lewis yeah, that's Pullman. Lewis Pullman. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have not really seen. He looks like he's going to be in the next Top Gun movie. Yeah. Um, and he was in Lean on Pete, which is a movie that's on my watch list. But um, yeah, I, th I thought he was really good. I like the backstory that we learn about him mm. and how – at the end of the movie, the the whole yeah. movie kind of wraps up with his death and him living with the guilt of the things that he did in Vietnam. Yeah, and I, um, that connects to so many of our previous movies. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say 1969. Yeah. We just we're just like all we over 1969 this year. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a very nice year. So yeah, this was um this could have been a connection from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And maybe it was. Maybe it even came up on that podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna I don't look and see uh, if. But, I feel uh, like maybe Av has mentioned it before um, from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because basically the Chris Hemsworth character who comes in at the end is basically Charles Manson. But they call him Billy Lee, but he's basically uh, Charles Manson. He's got this whole cult member family thing going on around him. He's like obsessed with God and his place in the world and tearing down society. And there are no rules except the rules that we make and 
all that. And that, that all really reminded me of uh, the Manson stuff. Yeah. So, um, and you know, the, just how each story intersects each story, each character has a, uh, their own unique backstory. I mean, you, you know, we talked about Lost. We're big fans of Lost, but yeah, there is, it is like, you know, this is Lost, but in a hotel, basically. I mean, it, you know, each character comes yeah, with their own sure. backstory. Each character has done some terrible things. Um, and we everybody's get, trying to atone for that and wipe the slate clean and start over. And it's, right. they well, all want that tabula rasa. And yeah, and actually, I mean, it's funny because as you were watching this movie, the the first thing that you texted me, and I always have to try to ignore you when you text me. Yeah, we're going to talk about it on the podcast because I don't want to ruin our takes. But you said to me, you said, oh, okay, they're in purgatory. Yeah, Uh, I said, okay, this is obviously a heaven and hell metaphor because they're right on the edge of California and Nevada. And so, I mean, one is heaven, one is hell, and the whole thing ends up getting engulfed in fire at the end. But it really is – it had a strong um, purgatory feel to me at the beginning because they're all sort of there. They're all sort of thrown together, and they're all sort of running away from something and trying to atone for their pa- for their past sins and move on and be better people. Yeah. Um, uh, do you feel – do you still feel like it was purgatory, or do you think it was just kind of a thematic? I, I think it was a thematic thing but not a um, purposeful thing. And then, you know, obviously the whole thing turns into hell at the end, both figuratively and literally when uh, Billy Lee shows up and then the entire place burns down. Yeah. That's, Um, I mean, that, that is, that's a good point. And it is kind of like, you almost could say when they arrive, it's kind of heavenly. It's quiet. Exactly. Uh, It's really, it's sunny out. It's bright out. Um, Yeah. And there is, I mean, there are some really good themes in here, one of which is is that idea of religion. Um, yeah. And, you know, not just not just the religion of the priest or fake priest, but also the religion of the cult as well. Right, absolutely, yeah. Um, um, I think one of the things that you could take away from this movie, one way to interpret the end, is that Cynthia Rivo's character being the only pure character in the movie, really, um, she is in heaven at the end. Or at least her own version of heaven, because she's mm-hmm. on a stage in front of a bunch of people singing and continuing her dream, and she's the only one that's allowed to do that. And then, you know, you never see Jeff Bridges's face at the end, so you don't know for sure that that's him sitting in the uh, booth, but he could also be God is one way to interpret that. And she's made it to heaven. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, everybody else died at the hotel and went to hell. She made it to heaven. Um, what about Dakota Johnson's character? Uh, did she, Emily, I guess she did do some terrible things because she shot, she right. killed some people. Yep. Um, she did. She and, killed John Hamm. Yeah, she killed John, but I was thinking before she came to the hotel, did she do anything? I mean, we don't, I think... I'm trying to remember if they put anything in there about her and her father, because it seemed like, you know, we it see the, the, like, flash, the flashback of her and her sister when they were kids and right. they were being abused by their father. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of a misdirect where they put that in there. So you think that whatever's going on, which she's Whoever saving is her. Whoever's going to show up is the father. Yeah. Right. That she's saving her sister from their father, but really she's saving her sister from, from I guess, this like, sur- this like a uh, surrogate father. Right, exactly. Uh, which is which is uh, the Billy Lee character. So um, I guess that's an open question. Did she Kate Austin her father? Did they did they kill their father and then run away and join this cult? We don't really yeah, know. Yeah, we don't sure. really know. Um, 
And there are some pending mysteries in this, too. Mm-hmm. I think the okay. other big mystery that we we also don't know is what is on that film reel. Um, yeah. Now, we know it's some sort of sex tape about somebody important. Right. And, and one idea that came to me after I watched the movie was, was that J. Edgar Hoover? And that's why J. Edgar Hoover Possibly. Was, was so invested in in uh, Broadbeck yeah. getting that. Getting the surveillance equipment and yeah. not worrying about actual crimes that were going on in the hotel. Yeah, my other immediate thought was because this hotel is designed in the exact same way as the Frank Sinatra mob-owned um, Cal Neva Lodge at Lake Tahoe, mm. the Cal Neva was built in the 1930s and sits exactly on the edge of California and Nevada, and it's most infamous for being a private getaway where it's supposed that John F. Kennedy met Marilyn Monroe and slept with her for the first time. So that's where my mind went, was that mm. it was possible this was JFK. Or okay. uh, or RFK, because it's also rumored that RFK slept with Marilyn Monroe, but we don't know that for sure. So and, that was where my brain went, was if they are purposefully making this a... Uh, County Lodge parallel, it's probably a de- the president, the dead president. And they also say the person on the tape is dead because they talk oh, about true. how yeah, they, did they talk that. about how someone's memory or legacy would be affected by what's on this tape. Mm-hmm. And so that immediately made me think it was uh, JFK or RFK because it's shortly after this movie takes place shortly after Robert F. Kennedy would have been assassinated at the uh, Beverly Hills Hotel in Los Angeles. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the, I guess that somebody like that would make more sense than J. Edgar Hoover because it would need to be somebody who is – you can look at a film film reel and you know who it is. If it's J. Edgar yeah. Hoover, I don't know if he was – his face was well-known right. enough that somebody could just look at a, a piece of film and know it was him. Right, but both Kennedys were. And you also see – and maybe this is the clue – is you also see a photo of Marilyn Monroe and I think it's JFK. I might have to go back and look on the hotel room, on the hotel wall in the lobby when they're walking around and talking and drinking and dancing during the, um, Cynthia Revo Jeff, Jeff Bridges scene where they're playing the records and everything. You see a framed photo of Marilyn Monroe near the bar, but I don't remember who she's in the photo with, but mm-hmm. um, I would have to. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, but that is, that is a good, point to set off where uh i think just the design of the hotel is so great it, yeah i love the idea that it straddles the line between nevada and california you know we, we even get it at the beginning of the movie yep. where uh when miles is giving the intro to the hotel and he says you can go east to you know hope and prosperity or you can go west to the beach and the that's the heaven and hell comparison i was making too yeah i mean that that's why i was like is this purgatory because you can choose to go towards the light side or towards the dark side which yeah. side but, they, but they're both kind of light side hope and opportunity and warmth and sunshine which is the dark right. which is the dark side well, warmth and sunshine are also words for fire and brimstone. Yeah, it's true. It's a little hot for heaven, I guess, right? Yeah, it's a little hot for heaven, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I do, I do think that just the design of this old casino hotel that lost its gambling license and there, you know, these are the, I mean, these are the only people there. You know, this, yeah, exactly. This is a hotel, and, and there are four or five people there. Yeah, and it's the our four or five main, main characters. Yeah. Um. And are so, you, yeah. 
it, it does remind me of like a desert island where they all show yeah, up. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, are you disappointed that we never actually got to know who Miles's um mysterious employers were? Um, no, because I think that it, it it I like that there's some mystery that's preserved in a couple okay. of different spots. Um, one of the things I liked about the tape that they don't tell us who's on the tape is mm-hmm. for the same reason. It's kind of like the suitcase in or the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, right. um, which we're not doing connections, but I definitely think that will come up later in our yeah, hypothetical connections from this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the answer is going to be more disappointing than the question. Yeah. And so, that's, you know, that's something that's very prevalent in Lost, too. I mean, right. a lot of times it's about the mystery, not about the answer. You know, right. like like um, Iris DeMitt used to say on the in the leftovers theme song, just let the mystery be. Mm-hmm. Just let it be. Yeah. And I thought this movie did a great job balancing mystery with answers that we did get. Mm. We do get backstories for all of these people. We get their actual reveal. We find for out sure. why Miles is kind of uh, a little bit off. We find out. You, you know, each of these characters who has an interesting backstory, yeah, we get to find out why. And for sure. but then they leave enough that's just breadcrumbs where you can discuss it. And that was one of the reasons why I was so excited to do this movie for a podcast because you know we can debate some of this stuff. Like, do you think that there is some? Do you think? Do you have any theories on who the employers are, or do you just think? I it's, don't. I don't. It's just I kind just of the it. next the next boss level, and we don't need to know who that is. Right. I mean, you know, if we're going off of the this is based in, you know, a real hotel that was on the border of California and Nevada, it's probably the mob, and they probably would have been blackmailing the person whose um videos it was. But mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, it's it's probably the mob, but we're also given no reason to believe that. That's just where my brain went. It's probably still a mob-owned hotel, but you know, because most most motels in the '60s were still mob-controlled mm-hmm. in the in Nevada. So, you know, that that would be where my brain would initially go. But I also agree with you that I think it doesn't matter. And yeah, I mean, it's whoever it's it was, more, it was somebody with a great aesthetic because the idea yeah. of the Nevada rooms look one way and the California mm-hmm. rooms look a different way um, is just very fun. Yeah, so. I, I really love um, the setting. I really liked the contrast in how each room looked. I really liked each of the um, – I thought the bar slash restaurant area was really, really cool. Um, I thought the old school record, record player was great. Um, yes, and the record player leads us to, I think, one of the really excellent aspects of this movie, which is the soundtrack. Yeah. And I mean, I so I I um I host trivia as well on the yeah. side and I have a playlist that I play while I host trivia and I'm always adding music to that trivia playlist just to have, you know, interesting songs to play and up, updating it. I think I added three or four songs that I heard just during this yeah. movie to that playlist because it's all right just on. really good Motown music. Yeah, it's all and like, 50s and 60s. Update, yeah. Motown. Yeah, it's all great. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the soul of the music ties in so much with the soul of this movie and that's i think what this sure. it, it's hard often to you know i feel like people say movies have so much soul to them and sometimes it can be overused i do feel like bad times at the el royal just had a soul to it it has and, jazz it has soul it has feeling it has like yeah it gets you like really it really puts you in a mood like this was a movie i was really happy that i was sitting back on my couch at you know seven eight o'clock at night with a beer in my hand just ready to let this movie take me away and I'm glad it did like it just 
it was it was perfect and i thought the music was incredible mm-hmm. um i knew most of the songs because like that's the kind of music my mom used to play for me like in the car growing up as a kid like that was it was usually the quote unquote oldies station and yeah it's like this is the kind of music i grew up on i love i loved it and i knew all of the songs by heart too yeah. so it was... um and in you know the way that the music ties in with cynthia Revo's character mm-hmm. And the scene, and I told you before you watched it, I said, make sure you turn this movie up really loud, yeah. because especially the scene where it's in the recording studio and she's yeah. singing, it's just like, that sounds so great on a loud system. And, yeah, I put uh, it as loud as I could at 7, 8 o'clock on a Saturday in my apartment. I didn't want to, like, completely annoy the crap out of my neighbors, but I did turn yeah. it up pretty loud. But, and I mean, <laughs> and not just the music, but the action scenes, too, and, yeah. and the big the big confrontation at the end. I mean, there's just such yeah. good sound mixing in this and sound design yeah. in this that uh it's it's a movie that you can you can show off your system and you're gonna you're gonna get some some yeah. high highs from that uh, i really enjoyed how it played with the music in the final scene and the, the um confrontation with billy lee and the, the music just cutting out during the the roulette seg- segments like everything yeah. with the roulette wheel was so intense and so yeah fun. and that's a great yeah. twist on the like deer hunter russian roulette scene. yeah but we're getting literal roulette where people yeah. are being killed. Yeah, um, for sure. This movie and, was definitely playing stuff. And then especially to do that with a character um, whose his backstory is Vietnam. That's like a huge connection to right. the deer hunter. Like it's an, it's an intentional homage for mm-hmm. sure from, uh, from gallery. So I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, and, and that the music comes back to be a key plot point too. Mm-hmm that the Cynthia Rivo's singing and clapping is what, uh, what, uh, what is the word? Uh, 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 Father, Father Flynn. Right. When Father Flynn is digging through the the floor, it's like what covers up the sound, right? Her singing, her clapping every time that he's going to rip a floorboard out. Yeah. It's like, um, oh, it's like in Indiana Jones and the last crusade when Indy and, um, uh, Desmond, what's his name? Um, Marcus Brody are in the um, library doing the trying to break the floor, mm-hmm. and every time he hits the thing, he hits the uh, stanchion on the floor to break the tile apart. He times it with the library clerk stamping his pad onto the. Onto right, the floor. exactly. Yeah, it that, just like exactly covers that. it up. And that was so right. cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just a great yeah. way to tie uh to tie Darlene's story in yeah. with with Father Flynn's story. For sure. Um uh, which I guess his name isn't really Father Flynn, but that's what we Right. We're talking about. It is uh Doc uh, Doc O'Kelly. O'Kelly. Doc O'Kelly, Doc O'Kelly yeah. which is yeah. like the most Irish freaking name since Brendan yeah. Fitzpatrick. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um and it, you know and speaking of Father Flynn, I think the way that his story tied in you know with the with not just the um the cold open, but the way that we see how memory is affecting his story and that yep. because his memory is going, he doesn't know which room he's supposed to be in to retreat. Yep. And he can't even remember his name. So he yes. can't like, he can't answer Billy's question at the end because he doesn't even know his name. And yeah. it's like, that, that was like heartbreaking. I, mm-hmm. That was really tough. And yeah. I really liked the cameo from, uh, from one of my favorite, that guy, Shea Wiggum, as the doctor in the uh, scene where he finds out he has dementia slash Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really cool cameo. I, I really like Shea Wiggum. It was, that was the, another surprise for me was him 
popping up in this movie. Um, so I feel like Shea Wiggum is one of those uh, actors who I see him in stuff, and mm-hmm. then I find out after that it's Shea Wiggum, and yeah. I had no idea. What it, was he, what is he in? Was he in recently that I would have? So uh, he was in season three of Fargo as the chief of police with Carrie Coon. Um, he was on Boardwalk Empire. He was in. So I'm not sure what you would have seen Shea Wiggum in recently. He was one of the cops in Joker. Uh, he was also in First Man as one of the uh, flight guys. With, yeah, it uh, might be. It might be Joker. It might, it might be that I saw. I just feel like it's a name that I hear a lot, and I'm always yeah. like, I could not tell you who this guy is, and I didn't notice him in this movie, but I did see that he's in the cast after. Yeah. Um, and I, I I always recognize him. I mean, he's been in a ton, ton of things. Like I said, uh, Fargo, Boardwalk Empire. Um, yeah, I, I always enjoy when he pops up. He's he's been in a lot of things that I've watched. Did you notice that in that first cold open scene where we see the guy in the hotel room and he mm-hmm. gets shot? Did you notice who that was? It was Nick Offerman, but I didn't yeah. realize it was him until after. Oh, during that scene, never... I was like, is this Nick Offerman? This yeah, sure looks like him. And then it wasn't until yeah. the, the closing credits that I realized it was him. Uh also, uh, Manny Jacinto is in this movie as well. Is he and really? Yeah, I, I do not know who he was, I, he, um, but I see him on the letterbox list. Uh, you know, of course, he's most known for playing Jason on The Good Place, which yeah. The Good Place is another movie that drew – or another show that Drew Goddard worked on. He must have been there in um, – he must have been in the cult scene. That's what I only thought. Yeah, he plays he a was character named Wade is what it says. So okay, I don't so know yeah, if he's he probably was... there. He's probably a member of the family. Either that or maybe he was one of the soldiers in Vietnam. Oh, could be, could be. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't recognize him at all. So mm-hmm. uh, So we've we've talked about a whole lot of people. Uh, two people that I want to make sure that we touch on is yeah. uh, Dakota Johnson in this movie as Emily. And she's like the hippie girl. Um, yeah. She's another one who, when I was watching this movie, I'm like, I didn't want to look at the cast list at all yeah. while watching this, but I was like, she looks so familiar, and I could not figure out who it was. Yeah, I couldn't place her either. I was like, I don't know who this is, but I like her. Yeah. Um, um, and I was like, why did Dakota – and I was, I was trying to remember why Dakota Johnson came up on this podcast. I was like, mm-hmm. could we have connected this to Dakota Johnson? I looked at the movie she was in, and she hasn't been in anything that we've covered. And can you remember I – remember, I remembered it. Can you remember why Dakota Johnson came up on this podcast? So I think we thought – I think we talk, joked about doing Fifty Shades of Grey at some point. We didn't joke about it. It was an actual suggestion. Um, ah, okay. Off of Working Girl because Dakota that's Johnson right. is Melanie Griffith's daughter. Oh, that's right. That's where that came up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we did – we were going to do Tippy Hedren to Melanie Griffith to Dakota, so Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. That would have yeah. been fun. And Melanie then we Griffith. would have gotten here anyway. Right, yeah, we could have done Bad Times <laughs> at Del Royale after. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a hotel in Fifty Shades of Grey, I would imagine. I'm sure there is, but yeah. I don't want to watch it and find out. So. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other the other performance in this movie that I thought was really fun is just John Hamm. Just yeah. being Hamm just being, being Don Draper in a movie, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like John Hamm in pretty much anything. He's got that, like, smarmy, sleazy charm. Where you're like, I'm not sure I can really trust this guy, and it turns out you really can't because he's actually a FBI agent. Um, well, this time you, I think you could trust him. That's the thing, though. He's playing like he's playing like a shady salesman, which is Don right. Draper. Right. But in this movie, he's actually an FBI agent who just wants to stop a crime. I mean, he goes that's in true. the room. What he thinks is a crime. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't thinks know. that there's a kidnapping. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. I, I guess do, he is technically a good guy. Yeah. Right. I, I do wonder with um, with this movie if. The sister kidnapping, if Emily kidnapping her sister is 
almost like too much of a misdirect where you're supposed to think that she like she's doing it for her own good but who would tie up their own sister like that Um, i mean when you're trying to break someone of some sort of bad situation whether it's a um you know if you're trying to rescue someone from a cult or if you're trying to get them off drugs a lot of times you have to just sort of isolate them and get them by themselves until they snap out of it you know that's until true, they yeah. break that um until they break that habit and go through their withdrawal and you do whatever it takes um you know we uh, there have definitely been a lot of movies where you know this is the tactic to get you know to to help like someone. forcefully um, um yeah yeah so but obviously we see that it doesn't really work because she definitely um was not gonna forget about billy and leave him Anytime soon. I mean, yeah, but it, it is Thor. It is the god of thunder. Right, yeah, so it, is, it is the god of thunder. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and you know, all, yeah, all, you mentioned all the performances. I mean, they all yeah. they all are really great. Chris Chris Hemsworth mm. not playing Thor in a movie, and I feel like it's, it's always fun. Yeah, it's great, and, and he does come in with so much charisma and so much swagger. Yeah, and, and he's just playing this like. Um, you know, going back to Lost again, like it reminds me of Sawyer, yeah. basically. Like, yeah, basically, yeah. It also reminded me, and I think it was the hair, uh, and maybe because his name was Billy of uh, Skeet Ulrich and Scream. Oh, yeah, he does kind of have that, like, arm thing. That Skeet yeah, Ulrich, he has, like, the arm thing. Where he Skeet walks Ulrich with his does. arms, yeah. like, out. Yeah, exactly, side. yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, What else did it remind me of? Oh, um, also, if we're talking about cameo appearances in the movie or minor roles, um... So the judge in the courtroom scene where uh, Jeff Bridges is sentenced, you won't recognize his name, but the judge is played by a man named William B. Davis. Do you know who William B. Davis is? Uh, no, but I know who Will Davis is. So William B. Davis is otherwise known as the cigarette smoking man on oh. X-Files. So yeah. I didn't recognize him as the judge, but when I looked it up and saw that name, I was like, oh man, it's the cigarette smoking man. Yeah. So Drew Goddard is like, really playing with people he loves from genre. In this yeah. Film. I mean, well, and yeah. just, I mean, people, yeah. in from TV, I mean, like, yeah, you know, we've got, we've got Mad Men represented here. We've got, yeah. we've, uh, got, we've, got we've got the good place. Yep. We've got uh, Fargo and Boardwalk Empire. We've got the X-Files. Yeah. The only thing we don't have is a lost actor. Yeah. But I mean, the whole movie is like an episode of lost. Yeah. That's a season of lost. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing could have been a season yeah. of lost. I mean, I, yeah, I do think that if you're a fan of this movie, I would say, you know, especially watch season one of lost, but it is, this is a lot like, this is a lot like lost. It's just, you know, yeah, I really liked the flashback structure. Um, and maybe it's, and I think I told you like immediately after this, I went and watched the season three penultimate episode. Um, Greatest Hits, which is a Charlie Cedric flashback, and that just put me in, like, an even better place with this movie, mm-hmm. was, like, yeah, this, the thematic connections are so similar, I just really, yeah. really like Drew Goddard really likes, um, I don't know if if he did these this episode of Daredevil, but Drew Goddard loves his hallways. Uh, yeah. Because, like, the, the thing I remember the most from Daredevil is the big hallway fight scene that we yeah. got. I do not remember if that was a Drew Goddard episode or not. He also really loves the colors red and purple, and he also really loves um, setting things on fire. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> all right. So so what else is there to really touch on? I think that, um, you know, one of the themes in this movie, we talked a little bit about it, is just memory in general. Yeah. 
Um, we're seeing flashbacks to characters. We're seeing their memories. And then we've got Father Flynn losing his memory. And yeah, that and I, I think Jeffrey. that memory, um, memory is an important part in being able to atone for yourself like Miles wants to do and go to whatever is waiting for him after he dies with a clear conscience. And that's mm-hmm. sort of memory is how you reckon with your past. And mm-hmm. what you're willing to live with and what you're willing to atone for plays a really big part in this movie. It is a really big theme. Um, and for both Father Flynn and for uh, Miles. And even to um, to uh, Dakota Johnson, Johnson's character as well, she's trying to atone for not doing enough to protect her sister in the past by protecting her now. Right. You know? because because of that trauma with your father yeah exactly so i mean it's all really about you know and cynthia riva's character is trying to reckon with her past rejection to follow her dreams and move past it and use it as a strength rather than a weakness Um, yeah what about um what about john ham's character the fbi agent is he is there I, i i don't know what past we're really dealing with with him I think we don't get enough from him to really know that. I mean, I think it's more – he's more the um, – I, I don't know what the right word is. He's more the the jumpstart the um, jump start the movie needs for all these people to get down on that path. Because mm-hmm. without him doing what he does, everybody probably spends a peaceful night the rest of the night at the hotel. You know, he's the catalyst. That's true, the catalyst, yeah. And, which he's is funny you call him the jumpstart because he's the one who uh, made it so none of the cars would work. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, and I just love that, as, like, as we're talking about that. I, I think we're kind of jumping all over the place with this, but uh, mm-hmm. this is the kind of movie that you can jump all over the place yeah, with. Exactly. But the aesthetic of outside that is just this, like, dark, rainy night yeah. um, sort of reminded me of elements of After Hours yeah. when it's it's late at night and it's just raining on everybody. For sure. Um, and, you know, when we see when we see John Hamm's character run out to the to the phone and call J. Edgar Hoover and try to report mm. the crimes that he's seeing. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just it, it just it just works to like add to the mystery and the, the tone of this movie. So um, another theme. And I think this is what I'm going to try to do in these in these episodes. Moving forward, is I'm going to try to just identify a couple themes to. And as we talk through different movies on this podcast, it's great to just use the themes as kind of a structure of, of things to touch on. Um, so the the couple themes that I wrote down, I wrote down memory, which we mm-hmm. talked about, uh, money and the allure of money. Yep. And uh, you know, like the things that the things that people will do for this bag of cash once they discover it, and then not only the bag of cash, but the very valuable film reel to, yeah. too, like things that will make people rich. Um, Faith, which we talked about, and then one that uh, that came to me as we were talking is uh, sibling and family relationships. So yeah. we have the two sisters, but we also have Father Flynn or uh, O'Kelly and his brother, and his brother, yeah. the one who was played by Nick Offerman at the beginning of the movie, yeah. who gets killed over this bag of money. Yep. And we don't, we don't know who killed him, right? Okay, I was going to ask. Uh, I assumed it was the third person. That's what I would assume too. Yeah, but yeah. we don't ever really find out. Um, and we yeah, don't we see the faces of, of any of them Correct. during the crime scene. Correct. So, 
And we, we got a lot of um, really good connections to movies we've done in the past just from that bank heist. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so I think, and I think we can <laughs> move to – let's do feedback first and yeah, ratings. And then we can go to connections. Then we can go to connections and then yeah. uh, force connections as well. So. Yeah. All right. Um, a, few, a few production tidbits before we get into feedback that I wanted to make sure I hit on. Um, so do you know who was initially offered the role of Miles but passed? Um. No, I feel like you could pick, you know, kind of anybody who's like a wimpy, yeah. uh, wimpy guy like that. I mean, I guess Tom, he's not wimpy because he's a he's yeah. a veteran, but he yeah. he comes off as wimpy. Tom Holland. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could see Peter Parker in that role, but at the same time, I guess that makes sense. But he yeah. passed. He was um, like, yeah, no, I'm good. So was this this was 2018? So this was after yeah, this would have been 2017. Spider-Man. So this would have been right before Civil War. Um. It would have no, been right so, before he was cast in Civil War, right? No, I don't think so. I think Civil War was earlier than this. Or right after he was cast yeah, in Civil War. Yeah, because 2018 was the year of Avengers Infinity War as well. Oh, yeah, so, so it would have been after Civil War. Yeah, because he was he came out in 2017. I don't know if I've seen Tom Holland in anything other than Spider-Man. I know he was I in that— I saw Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, um, which he was really good in. He's in Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Or not Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, the one that, was on, that came out on Netflix this year. Oh, the Devil, Devil, all, Devil All the Time. Yeah. The Devil of the Time. He was really good at Matt. Um, I I really liked his performance in that. That was a weird movie, but um, uh, yeah, I missed that one. Uh, so Giacchino did the score for this. Yes, uh, I I love that. I loved seeing that as well. Yeah, and he uh, so the hearing that I guess. So the thing Drew Goddard said about this was he described the movie as a love letter to music and considered the original songs reflecting the smoky noir film spirit. Sorry, no noir film spirit of the movie. Uh, and I agree with that. I think it's it definitely fills that sort of backroom nineteen it puts you in a time and a place. Yeah. For sure. I, I definitely agree. Um and, it was nice that Giacchino did the score for this movie. I don't really know I didn't notice the score that much because I just I noticed I, the soundtrack so yeah. much so much more. Uh, um, and this is the first I believe this is the first movie we've covered that has a Giacchino score. Which is, uh, is that surprising true? to me because most that's big... true. but it might be it might be true yeah I, I don't know I don't you have to look that yeah. um the and then so Russell Crowe in 2017 was confirmed as being in this movie but obviously he's not in it so I thought it might be fun to speculate on who he was supposed to have played oh yeah that's fun because um, uh it's unclear whether he was cut from the film or just dropped out or if the rumor was false to begin with but. He was supposed to be in this movie, supposedly. Um, it yeah, feels I, like would, I would probably, say he's the Nick Offerman role, maybe. But I, that's a pretty small role, so maybe that's... Yeah, a, it feels like he would have been the John Hamm role. Um, maybe. I would. I just wouldn't... I don't know if I would buy him as, like, a traveling salesman. I but know. I also wouldn't buy him as, like, Father Flynn, so who else is he? Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, is it possible that he's the third criminal? Yeah, that that could also be, especially if the three of them are brothers, because I could totally yeah. buy Nick Offerman, Jeff Bridges, and Russell and Crowe Russell Crow brothers. brothers. Yeah, and so maybe there was a whole maybe there was a whole scene with the guy who kills Nick Offerman's character. Yeah, and we, get, we get more backstory on that. Yeah, it's quite possible that they filmed that and they just cut it. Yeah, because we we could talk about this. This is the one thing I have to say is that it I did start to feel the time around the two hour mark right before. Chris Hemsworth shows up. I was mm-hmm. starting to feel the time a little, 
And then when he showed up, it was all just boom, nonstop for the last 20, 25 minutes. But I did start to like, you know, you have that like, it's been two hours, guys. What are we doing? Um, yeah, I, and I saw that in a couple people's reviews when I looked yeah. at it on Letterboxd. I did not feel that way at all. But it um, didn't bother me overall. Yeah. I thought the movie, I mean, I just thought because of the structure, like we're just getting 20 minute chunks of each story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've done a bunch of hyperlink movies over the past couple weeks. And yeah. this is definitely, I mean, this is more compact, but it is a hyperlink film, especially because yeah. of those sure. title cards that we get in between each story. So yeah, you get room one, room two, Reno, you know, each, and then we, yeah. we get that story. Um, and yeah, that's it, why it to definitely me, had enough going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's why to me, I almost felt like, you know, this felt like I was watching an entire season of a TV show in a movie and that, that worked. Um, you know, I would mm-hmm. be curious if they did do a 10 episode Netflix series of this. Um, you know, I think it could yeah. work in that format as well. Yeah. And just each episode is, it's much like lost an episode with, a, we get the story movie, but the, the current yeah. timeline moving forward. And then we get the flashbacks as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, well, let's get on to, uh, listener feedback. So right. we got a few things written in this week with feedback and ratings. Um, a couple of people, we just uh, asked them for the rating or they gave us like a short tidbit. Um, Kyle says he was uh, he's a little below uh, our listener averages that we're going to get to later. But he did rate it at 3.5 on Letterboxd. Uh, of our former co-host, let us know that he really liked this movie. Uh, he saw it about a year ago and he rates it a 4.5. Uh, Mac, our friend Mac, also gives it a 3.5, so he's right with Kyle. Uh, uh, and I will say Kyle's comment too. So, um, yeah. He said he said this movie is a lot of fun. I like the mm-hmm. style and the characters and Hemworth, Hemsworth's abs. <laughs> yes. He made multiple comments about yes. Hemworth Hemsworth's abs. Yeah, this was definitely shot pre Endgame. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Spoiler yeah. alert for Adventures Endgame. Yeah. Um, no, awesome. Kyle, yeah, um, and we we always start with Jeff. I don't know why you skipped over Jeff's to start. He's going to be offended, and he's going to be mad at you once again this, this let him, year. Let him. Yeah. Uh, not, so, bro. Uh, Jeff always leads us off. Jeff, Jeff is like the Johnny DeSilvera of this podcast. I was trying to save it for last because his is a really strong review, so I was trying to reward him. Nah, he gets first. He's he's Jeff's the Jeff's the cold open of the listener feedback section. <laughs> yeah. So he said Why he wound up like he. I, I'm I'm very happy that he ended up liking this. He said he wound mm. up liking it a lot more than he thought he would from the description. The pacing was maybe a bit slow, but overall I liked the way everyone's stories were told and all, how it all came together. There were several twists that I didn't see coming. All in all, this was a good movie that I'm glad I watched. I would give it a I, I give it a 4.0. Would have been a 4.5 if the pacing was just a tad faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disagree overall. I think that's a pretty fair, fair rating. Fair, yeah. fair rating. Uh, and he touches on something else that I really liked about this movie mm-hmm. is that there are there are really good twists in this that yeah. I did not see coming. Um, yeah. Multiple times, I thought the story was going one way and it's going a different way. Sure. Um, I thought, you know, we're watching, you know, I think I was thinking John John Hamm's character was mm-hmm. the big bad of this movie or. Um, there is some kind of experiment, you know, when he's in the hallway right. and we see the camera and the two way mirrors. Right. It just it it reminded me so much of different TV shows. I like it. Actually, reminded me it, a lot of the um you know it is the Christmas season, the mm. Black Mirror Christmas episode that stars John Hamm. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It also has a big um Hitchcock vibe in the the uh, hotel room that has a two way something. Oh yeah, um, which happens in Psycho. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah it, it really reminded me. And, you know, uh, what's his name? Miles My, certainly has a little bit of uh, Norman Bates about him a yes. little, just a little. He's got a little creepy vibe, but he's overall a good guy, which I like. Yeah. I like that they didn't turn him into a full on creep or anything. Um, right. No, he's just kind yeah. of a he's a he's just kind of a loner. He's aloof. He's aloof. That's a good word. Yeah. That works at a hotel that doesn't have anybody there except all of these yep. people who show up on the Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think this movie needed an inciting incident for why all these people were there? Like, no. the, you know, it's raining out and maybe the storm is so bad that a tree goes down. And then no, because then it feels more. Con- no, because then it feels more contrived. Yeah. And it feels far more contrived. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I like that they all had their own individual issues and reasons for being there. It didn't need to. They didn't need to be forced. No. Um, um, I like that. Would you have chosen a sandwich or pie? Out of a vending machine? Definitely the pie. I would have gone a sandwich. No, dude. You don't know how long that sandwich has been there. Savory. I like savory over sweet. Uh-uh. I would definitely take the pie because you can tell if a pie is fresh. How? You, would you can't one smell it. You can look at it. You can look at it and see if it's molded. Whereas a sandwich, it might be hiding the mold under the meats. I mean, yeah. You, know? you probably don't want to eat anything from those vending yeah. Like If this, if this <laughs> hotel is as... Uh, is abandoned and run down. Yeah. Who's cooking that? Him? Yeah. Uh, no, you're better off just yeah. listening to music. Yeah, unless like it's unless Miles is secret top chef. I mean, yeah, that that food's probably not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right. And then Stefan Johnson writes in and says, I remember the trailer for this film, but never got quite got around to it. My loss. The movie was fantastic. The whole cast was great. The twist never felt too over the top, and the movie was surprisingly easy to follow. Mm-hmm. Also, the coloring was top notch. Yeah. The highest compliment I can give is that this movie felt more like TV, and I love that. Chris Hemsworth's American accent was great, and the dance might have shifted my Kinsey scale. What is his Kinsey scale? What is that? Is that like a... I don't know what that means. Is that like Dr. Kinsey? Is that the, like the sex doctor? Is that what that means? Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'll, know. Have to, I'll have to ask him. Tell All us right. what you mean by that, Stefan. Or rate every movie on a Kinsey scale from now on, Stefan. Uh, let us know how it how it, how it affects your Kinsey scale. Maybe so he gives it a Kinsey scale. He gives it a 4.5. Does he mean Kimi scale? Um, no, I don't think he means. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but I don't think so. Uh, right. Yeah, I so thought that, Chris Hemsworth accent was accent work was good. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I thought Chris Hemsworth did a great job. I was happy with it. Um, I wish we had gotten a little more out of um, the two random thugs that he brought with them. Um, yeah, they were just kind of henchmen. They were just kind of henchmen that were just kind of hanging out, and I wish we had gotten a little more from them. But that's the only nitpick I would give it. Um, but. All that out, average it out, our listener overall is going to be a 4.0, which is one of our – on the higher end of listener averages for us. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah that's that's great. And, we, you know, we'll see if we get more feedback. And I know some of our regular listeners uh, did not get to this movie mm-hmm. yet because we are recording it Sunday morning. So what we're going to do is, you know, we'll, if we get any really good comments in, we will read those. But we'll also update the score at the top of our Mixed Nuts episode, uh, which we'll have guests. We will not say who, but we Absolutely. will. Absolutely, we are not spoiling the guests, but yes, Christmas uh, surprise. Yeah, and uh, well, I guess we'll do our ratings, but I do want to know how how it ranks for you in terms of 2018 movies. But Absolutely, let's before. do that. Let's do that as we talk about our ratings. Um, yeah. So. So I'll go first. Um, like I, I mean, I think we have talked through this movie, and this isn't one of those movies where my rating went up because of us talking about it, but what it, this conversation definitely solidified my uh ratings and feelings on it um this is this has been a really good chat um this has been a really good 
breakdown. I'm really glad we're uh, we seem to be of a hive mind as far as what worked for us in this movie. Maybe mm-hmm. what didn't work for me is, and I agree with um, Jeff, is that a little bit of the pace could have been better. But it's a, I still think it's a really really strong movie. Um, I did look at where I have it in 2018. Here's the thing about 2018. 2018 had, I have 16 movies on my 2018 list right now because they're all great. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't narrow it down to a top 10. I mean, Mission Impossible Fallout, Avengers Infinity War, The Shoplifters, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, The Favorite, Widows, which we talked about, The Star is Born, Sorry to Bother You, First Reformed, Hereditary, Black Panther, Black Klansman, 8th Grade. These are all movies that came out in 2018. Plus, Happy Won't You Be My Neighbor, Blind yeah. Spotting, First Reform. Did you say First Reform? Yeah, I said First Reform. Uh, yeah. Blind Spotting, uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, and yep. Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, which I don't yep. know. If and Roma. And Roma came out in 2018. How do you rank this movie against those? All you do is just slot it in and say, good luck, because you're all great. Yeah. These are all, like... Is Shoplifters that high on your 2018 list? It's pretty high. Shoplifters is really, really good. I guess I need to prioritize seeing that. Yeah. Shoplifters is a really, really good movie. I I loved it. Um, Yeah, there's, like, where do I put it? And right now, like, you know, I slotted it between Black Panther and Vice for me. So just outside of my top ten. But at the same time, my top ten is, like, it, I feel, like, pretty unimpeachable with, Fallout, Infinity War, Shoplifters, Spider-Verse, The Favorite, Widows, Star is Born, Sorry to Bother You, First Reformed, and Hereditary. Um, like, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's 2018 and 2019 both were great movies. If yeah. only this movie could have come out in 2020, this could be, like, top of the 2020 list. Yeah, this would, have been, this would have been my favorite movie of 2020 if it came out this year. Absolutely. Up wow. there with Hamilton. This movie really needs to be <laughs> streaming somewhere. Because this is a, this, yeah. I think this is a movie that could find a, there's just, I'm surprised how many people I know who have seen this because I feel like nobody talks about this movie. Yeah, it's really shocking. Um, I, I don't remember when it came out in 2018, but it just, like, it just, I don't know, it just got buried in, um, you know, during that, during that year. I just don't think that it found the audience. That so it, this movie was released October 12th, 2018 which I feel like is right around when a bunch of really big movies were coming out. I mean, out. that's October. It's like that kind of buried. Yeah, I mean, know? October is when all the oscar movies came out. I feel right, like right. Stars Born was probably around that time. Yeah, it would have been the same weekend as the Stars Born, I think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, I didn't give my rating yet. I'm going to go ahead and give this a 4.5. Nice. Um, and the only half a point I'm knocking it off is because of that one little bit of pacing issue. Um. Otherwise, I think this was a really, really great movie. I had a really great time watching it, and I'm really glad we're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, So this movie, like we said, had great themes, great twists, legitimate twists that surprised me. Uh, It, the music, just I could just listen to the soundtrack. Um, I'm really glad when I was researching uh, songs to put as the outro, I didn't get to see how much was in this was in the soundtrack because there each song was like just great. Just a song that made me want to get up and dance. And the music helped a lot. I, I thought the cast and the acting, um, I could not even say which performance or character was my favorite because I thought they were all the top five, top six actors in this movie were all really, really good. Um, if I had to get, give an MVP, it would be to Cynthia Revo because of the singing on top 100%. of the acting. Um, and she was just a great character I wanted to root for. Um, I would be interested. We didn't really discuss it, but she wears the wig and she takes the wig off. I don't know the significance of mm-hmm. that, um, but whatever. That was 
yeah, I, I don't know if you have anything to add on that. I don't. I, maybe it was I just. Don't, um, I know that's. I mean, she is a person who generally wears her hair short, like this character underneath her right. wig, and yeah. most of the time, in most of her roles, she is wearing a wig. So I think it was sort of, it's it's symbolic of her deciding not to cling to the past. Mm-hmm. and move forward in the best way she makes and, and maybe it's, the wig also because of yeah. like the three the three singers who are in the studio together yeah. they, they want her to present a certain way the studio wants her to present exactly. a certain way yeah. so where she's gonna do was what she, she wearing she a wig in the i think she was not wearing a wig in her final performance so correct yeah. yeah so um yeah. yeah anyways that got me a little bit off track but uh this movie was great especially with all of the news of the Disney and IP movies that are coming out, like just how much stuff is coming up. that's not original. Mm -hmm. And for this to be an original movie that was just so interesting and took swings, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there might've been some little things here and there that didn't work, but I am in the giving spirit. It is the Christmas season. I'm giving this a 5.0. And for my 2018 list, uh, I also ranked it on there. Uh, as good as this movie was, there are movies I liked in 2018 more. So I have this yeah, slide right? between A Star is Born and If Beale Street Could Talk on my top nice. ten. It's at number nine. But, you know, my my entire top ten is just so strong. It knocked yeah. Hereditary out of the number ten spot. Oh, man. It, I, I really appreciate what Hereditary did. I never want to yeah. watch it again. It's a lot, I'm never watching it again, but I appreciate what it did to me emotionally. <laughs> everything um, else in my top ten I would yeah, watch. I would really appreciate so um so that is gonna be the first 4.5 we had in a really long time zach that's a 4.5 for letterbox 4.58 actually nice um uh, we have yeah. not had do you know when the last 4.5 we had was oh let's see taking a look at what we've talked about recently yeah um maybe beetlejuice nope um, apocalypse now maybe um uh yeah. Yeah, Apocalypse Hamilton, maybe. Apocalypse Now and uh, then two weeks before that, Top Gun, uh, both averaged a 4.4. So we bumped that up to a 4.5 for purposes of Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, well, what we'll do is when we do our year in review, yeah. we'll do our top 10 for the year. Absolutely. So I would imagine this movie will be Everything. on there. Yeah. I think it will. Yeah, that's and that's the I think that's the most impressive thing is that this movie surprised me. I did not come into it expecting that this was going to be my one of my favorite things and be on our top 10 of the end of the year. And I think that's the thing I appreciated about it the most is that I was not prepared for this movie to be this good. And the fact that it was is just really, really great. And I, mm-hmm. it's, it's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it was a great it was a great surprise. It, uh, you know, I've. One thing that I would like to do next year is see more movies that are not rewatches on this podcast Absolutely. because we did a lot of. Re- I mean, it's sometimes we just can't control it, but right. in terms of movies I had never seen that just got me so excited. I mean, this, this and Apocalypse hey. Now are the two I would say the and Thin Red Line I would also throw in there. Yeah. Um, in terms of movies that were new movies for me this year that I just was uh really adored. So. Yeah, I think Harold and Maude also is up there for me. Um, I remember I gave that one a four point um and as far as movies i hadn't seen before uh yeah it's it's it's, um it's definitely up there with the rest of those great escape also i gave a four um and i had never seen that before so i mean this definitely is going to be up there for me of my favorite ones that we did yeah yeah all right so that gives us like you said that's a 4.5 on this movie so let's talk about some connections 
All right, so what do you got for connections to go from last week? We really didn't talk too much about connections to go when we were talking about this, but um, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, so this is obviously multiple um, multiple intersecting storylines um, where you're following the past and presence of many different characters that all mm-hmm. end up interacting with each other over one crazy night, as we said. Um, I think you can see a line between the character archetype of billy and the character of um todd the drug dealer as being sort oh, of the bad guy like, yeah I like sort that. of the bad guy who everybody revolves around and he's sort of this charismatic charming but also da- very dangerous bad guy um so you can see a lot of parallels between those two i think both um, uh, both played by actors who are famous for playing a very particular type of character and are playing kind of against type. We have absolutely, yeah, uh, both both very playing against type. Yeah, Oliphant playing a drug dealer when normally he plays a marshal, yep. and uh, and Hemsworth playing this cult, cult leader, leader when instead he's of normally Thor. Yeah, yep. um, yeah. I also think you could probably draw a line between Simon and Miles too. Just yeah. And I think you could also draw a line between Dakota Johnson's character and uh, R- Rona. Yes, Emily and Rona. Yeah, I could Rona. see that. Just gets yeah. in, gets into, gets in over her head. Yeah, definitely gets in over her head and ends up paying the price for it. Um, she and we even know, gets gets hit by the car in Go and dies in this one. Um, and yeah. we get uh, between each of these intersecting stories, we do get title cards as well. Yeah, yeah, we do. That's true. Watching so many hyperlink movies, it's hard for me to remember which ones do title cards and which ones don't, but this one did. Yeah, and also, I mean, both have really outstanding soundtracks um, yeah. that really put you in a time and a place. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I prefer the soundtrack to this, to the soundtrack of Go. Oh, uh, definitely, definitely. I was I trying to think of other movies that have as good of soundtracks as this. After Hours was pretty Days good. Days Confused obviously does. Um, but, oh, or of movies we've done. Of, of movies we've talked about. Oh, uh I mean, you know, Harold like, and Maude has a yeah, really great Maude soundtrack. Really good. Beetlejuice. Top Gun. Top Gun has one of the best soundtracks of all time. High Fidelity as well. Um, yeah, High Fidelity. Oh, what's po- um, well, we'll get to it, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood also yeah. has a soundtrack. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there are a lot of connections to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with this movie. Um, yeah. Also with Go, we have uh, things going on in a hotel room, specifically a fire in a hotel, actually. Yeah, actually a fire in a hotel. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. And characters having car trouble. Yep. Um, yep. And characters sneaking from one room to another mm-hmm. to escape a uh, bad guy. Oh, true. Yeah. And then uh, casino games. and Casino uh, games. Roulette. Yeah, characters yeah. in a casino. Yep, so. roulette specifically. Yeah. Did they play roulette in Go? I think they did. Yeah, they did one spin of roulette in, okay. in Go. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, anything else to Go, or do you want to move on to other movies? I think that's about it, what I had from Go, yeah. All right. Well, where do we even start? I had so, I have so many connections to other movies. Um, yeah. How about we just ping pong back and forth by listing them? Yeah. Off? Go for it. All right. I will start. Uh, main character singing, Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. Plenty of those. Um, we also have uh, murders on the TV show. They're constantly talking about murders that happened in Malibu. Um, that's a clear parallel to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the Manson murders. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Definitely. Okay. That that's what triggered to me that this uh that this guy was supposed to be um a Charles Matson parallel. Mm-hmm. Um this is because you get huge Matson family vibes from Billy and his crew. Yep. Um so yeah, that was that was my most uh my biggest uh 
asterisk uh, red star underlined five times connection. All right. Well, yeah, I don't think main character singing was my best, but I just wanted to listen. I don't know why I wanted to listen <laughs> enough. enough. But I'm going to stick with music. So I'm going to say yep. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the song uh, Hush by Deep Purple, prominently oh, yeah. in both movies. Yeah, good so. call. Good call. Um, How Memory Fails You uh, between this and Memento. Yeah, I wrote Cognitive, um, cognitive yeah, Issues, cognitive. but yeah. Um, How Memory is Used to the Benefit and Detriment of a Main Character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also a memento, I'll just stick with mementos. We're talking about it. Motel on the phone, be yeah. on the phone in a hotel or motel. So, yep. uh, especially when we're seeing, when we're seeing Broadbank and he's on the phone, was he calling his son, I believe? Um, and he's like fixing the phone. Um, yeah. or I, I might be confusing that with something else. Yeah. And he's trying to, he's not fixing it. He's trying to get the bug out of it. Right. But he's on the phone and he's, he's like doing something else while he's on the phone, which reminded me a lot of, uh, of uh, what is his name? Uh, it happens in Memento. Yeah. From Memento. What is what is the main character of Memento's name? Uh, uh, now I can't remember. Simon. Lenny? Lenny. Lenny. Yeah, it is yeah. Lenny. Yeah. yeah. Is Lenny. Um, Too many movies this year. Sammy Jenks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My my next one is uh. Uh. So. Miles in Vietnam obviously is a parallel to our. Uh, Vietnam era movies such yep. as um, Apocalypse Now and The Thin Red Line, which we already hit on earlier in the podcast. Thin Red Line's not uh, Vietnam. Thin well, it's World War II, but yeah, what war does to you, basically, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so does Great Escape. I mean, Great Escape plays with what war does to people. Um, All right. Trouble well, Thunder, obviously. Yeah, Trouble Thunder. All right, so I'll go with uh, the time period, just in general, that connects mm-hmm. to multiple, connects to What's Upon Time in Hollywood, Shampoo, Shampoo. Apocalypse Now. Yep. Uh, the idea of Nixon as well. Yep. Absolutely. I've got uh, – obviously, the bank heist is something we have done, especially with masks, several yep. times, uh, including um, Set It Off, uh, including the clown masks in Taking a Pell of One, Two, Three, uh, including – what else we got? You're uh, missing a big one. Uh, obviously, the Reservoir Dogs heist. Yeah, you're still missing a big one. Um Point break. Point break. There it is. Yep. And that one involves presidential masks, which is yeah. You know, so Nixon, yeah, and yeah, that one too. Nixon mask. Yep. yep. So yeah, we got we we love our heist films on this podcast, yeah. obviously. Yep. All right. Well, I'll stick with that theme of of uh, crime, and I will yep. say uh, all of that for a bag of money. So that yep. Tied to our very first episode, which is Fargo. Yep. For and sure. also Reservoir Dogs as well. Yep. And Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yes. Um. Um, also, so I just thought of this one actually and hadn't thought of it earlier. So there's a, you can draw a parallel that's a really fun connection. Uh, crazy stays at not so great motels, which is my cousin Vinny, when mm. they keep having to switch hotels mm-hmm. in Alabama because they can't get a good night's sleep. Um, or Groundhog Day as well. I don't, yeah, or Groundhog Day. I don't know that I would have wanted to sleep at the El Royale. Given oh man, I would definitely say the El Royale. That hotel <laughs> looked awesome. I love the way that hotel looked. Um, right. so, yeah, so, brought, uh, you, bad hotel stays. <laughs> yeah, you, you brought up My Cousin Vinny. I'll, I'll continue yeah. on that, and I will say the courtroom scene, My Cousin yep. Vinny. Definitely the courtroom scene of My Cousin Vinny, for sure. Um, and I have one more listed. Actually, I have two more. I have two more. Give it to me. Uh, you don't have any more? This I like this game. I like this like ping pong back and forth where we try to – we have to say connections, and we see who has more. I think <laughs> we should continue that. Um all right. The other one, uh, we talked about this earlier, but Dakota I Johnson. Just 
the, being the daughter of Melanie Griffith. Yep, for sure. Uh, communing with spirits in the middle of the desert. Uh, that happens in the doors with the LSD scene mm. when they go to the desert. And that happens with uh, Billy Ray's family in the desert when he has his probably drug-induced speech to his family about how they are going to break all the rules and be their own mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and nobody can tell them what to do, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, that, that reminded me of uh, Jim Morrison in the desert indoors, in the yeah. doors. Um, that's my that's my real final one. Uh, all right. So the uh, remaining two that I have, uh, identity issues, not knowing who yeah. you are, that ties to Shutter Island as well as Memento. Oh, for sure. Um, um also washboard abs. Uh, <laughs> the fly. Did he have washboard abs in the fly? I guess he, uh, he was pretty cut in the fly. Yeah. So. Um, and then uh, records tying to high fidelity. <laughs> so. Um, and 500 days of summer. Yeah, true. In 500 Days of Summer. Um, and Harold and Mutt. He's always playing different records. Yep. Harold and yeah. yep. um, well, I, I'm sure that we could probably find even more connections, but yeah. uh, this is why at the beginning of next year we are resetting our our ladder because it does make exactly. sense that we otherwise yeah. we would be this connections section would just keep getting longer just and longer. Just the entire podcast. It just be the entire podcast. Yeah. No, I was thinking about it. I think that our first yeah. episode of 2021 should be we'll just we'll call that season two. And each yep. season is going to be 52 weeks long. So uh, season two will start fresh. We will not have, you know, unless there's anything that's like super glaring, obvious that we want to bring up is in terms of movies that we did in season one, we will be starting with a new letter in season two. For sure. And I think, I think what we could do is the first episode of season two could still be a connection from mixed nuts. If we, uh, well, we're going to have a movie after mixed nuts. Oh yeah, that's right. nuts, and then we're gonna have our final movie of. Oh yeah, you're uh, right. And then our wrap-up show. So yeah. Yeah. I yeah. keep forgetting I, that I keep forgetting because we didn't actually start the first week of January. Our quote-unquote year doesn't end next week. We can start. It the, ends. Well, no. so our first movie was January seventh. Right. Of this year. Right. And of 2020. So our first episode next year will be. January 14th. No, it'll be like January 4th, 5th, whatever that okay. Tuesday is. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but I think what we'll do is we talked about doing like a year in review wrap up yes. show and I think we will do, so we'll do mixed nuts. Then we'll do our next movie that we get to after mixed nuts. Yep. And then after that episode, we'll do that like year end wrap up bonus. I don't think yep. it'll be super long, just like a mini episode type thing exactly. where we talk about this year in review and look forward to next year. And then we'll, that'll be like our season finale. And then we'll start yep. season two, uh, in early With whatever the next thing is. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of connections, what do we have that you would have connected? Yes, hypothetical connection. Doing next nuts. Right, I know so, we talked about Crazy Heart. Uh, yeah. The Jeff Bridges is a country singer. Uh, that was one of the first ones I thought of. Um, I also probably would have thrown in um, watching Widows again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cabin in the Woods probably would have been my three connections. I think Cabin in the Woods is the is a very strong connection. Yeah. Um, so let's see. What would I have written down? So I think for number one, I would have written down Pulp Fiction because this movie reminded yeah. me a lot of Pulp Fiction. Um, and, you know, especially the not seeing the film and not knowing what's in the briefcase. Mm-hmm. So um, I would have put that one down. I think I probably also would have brought Cabin in the Woods as well because yeah. um, it's directed by Drew Goddard stars the same uh stars uh chris hemsworth yep. um 
and I don't know what else I would have brought. Um, I just kind of scanning through what some of the actors in this movies were in and trying I to think have, what I would I really might have tried to, to throw in Sin City, but Nick Offerman is such a small part of both movies that I don't know if that really would have flown as a strong enough connection. Yeah. Oh, I think I would have picked the town because we have John yeah. Hammond both uh, in Bank Robbers with Masks. That's a good point. Yeah. So I, think I do the, like the town. I do like the town would have been on my list. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I would have just done 50, 50 shades of gray again, just, <laughs> just because of Dakota Johnson. Um, Fair. I don't know. No, nothing else is like coming to the top. Yeah. Of nothing else is really popping. I mean, there's, on. there's tons of other connections. But... I wish I could, I've been looking throughout the podcast, trying to find the name of the movie that I know we're both thinking about that was set in like, uh, a bunch of people are trapped in a in a hotel like attic where this like mob boss lady is keeping them there and it's yeah. like I, I, I know it's, it's really bugging me it was a movie that came me. out I right can't... around the same time and it's got i feel like for me yeah. it's got a similar title to bad times at the el royale yeah exactly and that's the movie i always confused this with so i was like oh i don't really want to see that and i'm yeah uh, very glad that we ended up seeing bad times at the el royale i'm really definitely... glad we did too and i can, if somebody could think of the movie that we're thinking of what if yes that would be super helpful because i'm very <laughs> um very frustrated that i can't find it and it's yeah. i can't even tell you who's in it because I don't remember. Um, right. Uh, could Drugadar do another movie, please? I, why? Yeah, I, I, I hope he does. I hope he does. Or turn this into a TV show. Yeah, he's he's really two for two in terms of movies he's directed. Cabin really Woods and Battle and Battle Royale and Bad Times Battle at the Royale. Royale. Um, Actually, oh, good, I could have thrown time. in Battle Royale. Yeah, a Good Time would have been on my list too. Oh so yeah, for sure. Good Time. Um, and then um, we maybe, actually maybe another connection. Cloverfield Lane as well because this did kind of yeah. feel like a Cloverfield movie. True. And another connection to uh, Pulp Fiction is the El Royale, the Royale of Cheese. Yep, 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 yep. I did write so that down. The music, the jukebox. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or well, sure. not the jukebox, but the dancing scene. Yeah. Um, I feel like this movie was very inspired by, um, Pulp, Fiction. Yeah, by Pulp, sure. Pulp Fiction. Sure. All right. Well, we're not picking any of our connections. What we are no. picking, our next movie is a forced connection because we're doing this double. So we're doing Mixed Nuts, which is a Christmas movie. It's, it uh, takes place on Christmas Eve at a, I don't know if it's a suicide hotline or like it's self-help. A sui- it's a call center, yeah. It's a crisis yeah. helpline call crisis center. Crisis hotline, yeah. So, so and it all takes place on one night. So that my connection is, and hear me out here, it's called Bottom Movies. It's bottom. movies that primarily take place in one location. So you have the El Royale and the call center, and that's the connection. Yeah. It's a bo- uh, they're both bottle movies. Yeah, I, I, right. I could see that being, a, you know, there's the idea of like a bottle episode of TV. And, uh, exactly. These movies are bottle episodes of, um, of movies. I think that that's probably it. I, I do like that we've had this theme this month of one crazy night. Yeah. Um, starting with After Hours. So we had After Hours, we had Go, Bad Times of the El Royale, and then Mixed Nuts. So yeah. we're going to have four crazy nights. Uh, yep. Usually it's eight crazy nights for Hanukkah, but we're doing four <laughs> crazy nights this year. Um, so I think just like even just the general theme of uh, one crazy night, but one crazy night in one place is probably yeah. a, a good like specific theme for this. Yeah, I so, agree. Yeah, I don't think there's any cast connections. Um, don't believe so. No, no. I, I did look. I didn't. I didn't find yeah. any. So and no crew connections. So Mixed Nuts is from 1994. Nope. It was directed by and written. Uh, so the writer and the director in Mixed Nuts were the same as the writer and director. 
it, it's the same person, just like in Bad, in Bad Times of yeah. the Royale, it was the Fair same enough. director and writer. So uh, written and directed by Nora Ephron. And nice. have you seen Mixed Nuts? Have we both seen it? Uh, yeah, but not since I was a teenager when it first was on uh, – it was probably on TBS or TNT or one of those during Christmas. And yeah, it's very funny. I don't remember a lot about it, um, but we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that is, our, that is our movie for uh, not next week, but just a couple days from now. So we'll be recording that yep. Wednesday night. So that's uh, that will be out on January. What is that? January 23rd. So the yep. Christmas Eve Eve. So you can listen to it over Christmas. And uh, we will have two guests that are joining us. And that will be fun. They're guests who have not been on the show before. Correct. So that is your tease. And um, then we will pick our movie for our last episode, uh, well, our last regular episode of 2020 our our uh, penultimate because our season finale will be the roundup show yep so um and that will be anybody's that will be able to pick from any both our suggestions and listener suggestions for that movie then the first movie of 2021 will be all from listener suggestions so Correct. it can be listener suggestions off of that movie or listener suggestions that came in throughout the year that are on our letterbox watch list Did that you is, want to push yep. yeah um and so we will not be bringing any of our own suggestions, only things that are on the watch list. Um, I will say I feel like there is kind of a front runner, but um, that's just my we'll happens. Yeah, I, I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Do you feel do you? Well, all right. Yeah, we'll just see. Um, so. All right. Well, with that, yep. uh, we'll be watching Mixed Nuts over the next couple of days. Do you have anything on your list to watch uh, before? Wednesday? Only a couple of days. Yeah. So uh, not as far as movies go, but there are a couple of tv shows i'm looking to check out um so i'm taking my roku stick with me down to my mom's uh, mm, for christmas yeah. and she's really excited for us to check out flight attendant on hbo max mm. um so that's, that's one good. that so that's one we're gonna watch together with uh kelly coco from big bang theory um and then i just finished season one of battlestar galactica which blew my mind in the final couple of episodes of season one I uh, have really been enjoying it, and I'm excited to watch more of that. How many seasons um, of Battlestar Galactica are there? I believe there were five. Are they five seasons. regular length episodes? The like, new, yeah, they're, yeah, seasons they're like 40. 20 episodes? No, it's 13 episodes. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, so it's a quick quote-unquote binge, but it's still a long-term binge because I'm not watching multiple episodes in a day, so I'm taking my time with it. Um, unless I, you know, it, it's going pretty well. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um the, the final couple couple episodes of season one were really, really intense. Um, yeah, other than that, not much else going on. Uh, I know that uh, I also am excited to continue the Christmas tradition with uh, the Post Show Recaps community of watching the constant live on either Christmas Eve or Christmas morning um, and live tweeting it and talking about it in the uh, – Patron group over there. Um, I'm really excited for that. That's the, the constant, constant, which is the episode of Lost. It's season four, episode seven, I believe, of Lost. Uh, it's a classic episode. It's a Christmas episode. It's really great. Um, excited to do that. I think this will be the fourth year we've done that. So, uh, what, what episodes I... Lost did Drugadar do? I'm just looking. He did. That's a great question. So he wrote Outlaws, The Glass Ballerina. Uh, oh, he wrote Flashes Before Your Eyes. Love Flashes. Oh. Nice. He wrote The Man from Tallahassee. Oh man. One of us. The Man oh, Behind the uh, Curtain as well, which actually oh, is the next episode right now, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then from season four, Confirmed Dead, The Other Woman in the Shape nice. of Things to Come. So nice. he wrote some very good episodes of Lost. He also wrote it's on Alias okay. as well. Yeah. Uh, 
Drugadard needs way more work. He's just yeah, he definitely does. What, what what's going on, guys? Where what I is want Drugadard to write my life story for me. It'd be way more exciting. Uh, Last deck. Yeah. All right. So let's see. What what am I watching this week? Um. Well, over I the found it. couple days. What is it? Hotel Artemis. Nope, that's not the movie I was thinking that's of. That's not it. It's I think it's less so that it's about a hotel and more so that it's a similar title, The uh, Bad Times. The okay, Hotel. got it. I think Hotel Artemis is the one I was thinking of, but we'll see. All right. Um, <laughs> so I will just do like a flashback to what uh, I should have said I'm going to be watching in this week, and mm. that is the season finale of Mandalorian, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I cannot believe how much they improved season two from season one. I know a lot of people like season one. I was kind of mixed on it, mixed nuts on it. Uh, but season two of The Mandalorian, just top to bottom, was a really, really good uh, season of TV, and the finale delivered completely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think season two was really fantastic, and they really nailed it uh, this season. I'm really happy with it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what will I be watching between now and Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Um, on my personal ladder, I just watched Ocean's 12 yesterday. Eh, I didn't think it was very good. It's the um, weakest of the three oceans. So yeah, yeah, it just... I just kept waiting for something to happen, and nothing happens. Right. The whole yeah, movie. It's, it's, yeah. There, there's a fun bit in the middle with yes. Julia Roberts and Julia Roberts and Bruce Except Willis, it didn't make any sense. But, it didn't make uh, any sense at all. It's fun, but it didn't make right. any yeah. sense. So yeah. I think I'm going to watch Ocean's 13 next, because uh, I, I have nice. never seen the 13th one. I, I, I think I had seen 12. Um, really fun Al Pacino performance in that movie. So yeah, so you'll I'm get your you'll get your hoo ha in there. Yeah. Uh, hoo ha. Yeah. And then what else am I going to be watching over the next couple of days? I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I really need to watch these small axe movies, but I just don't know when. Uh, yeah, Mangrove is really good. I think I talked about it last week. Um, I, I want to check out a couple more of those for sure. Um, okay. All right. Well, Nothing we're really excited for next week. Uh, I'm just really not excited next talk- week. Just a couple days from well, now. Monday is the start of the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I, that's an interesting <laughs> question. Monday or Sunday? I think it's. Probably we're not gonna. Monday. We're not gonna have this conversation right now. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, hopefully you had a good time listening to us talk about bad times. Yeah, I hope it wasn't a bad time. We're going to talk about another crazy night uh, that will be a crazy Christmas Eve. I'm excited to get back to Steve Martin. We we haven't gotten enough Steve Martin oh, on this podcast. I love, I, I love Steve Martin. It, 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 Mixed Nuts is another one with a very fun cast. Uh, people from kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very fun Adam Sandler performance in this movie as yeah. well. So. We also get Anthony LaPaglia, brother of Jonathan LaPaglia, host of Survivor. Is that uh, actually Australia. his brother? Yeah, it is his brother. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yep. Uh, JLP. Uh, ALP. ALP. Uh, ALP. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yes, the, the break will not be very far because right. we'll see you in a couple of days. Uh, make sure you get your feedback in. We are taking connections off of Mixed Nuts. I know we didn't Absolutely. do connections off a of bad time, but make sure you send your connections off of Mixed Nuts. Yes, for please. What you want to be our last episode of 2020 um yep. you can send that into us over email the movie ladder at gmail.com or over twitter at ladder movie also make sure you follow us on letterboxd at ladder movie on there check out the watch list because that is where we put every movie that's suggested on this podcast as an official suggestion that will also be where we're going to be picking from for our first movie of 2021 mm-hmm. as well uh, so make sure you get all that in and thank you for coming along with us. Hopefully you enjoyed Bad Times of the Hour Royale as much as we did. Um, if you did not get your feedback in on this episode and have not sent it, send it before Wednesday, and we will talk Absolutely. about it at the top of the Mixed Nuts episode as well. So. Absolutely. All right. We will see you guys for the festive Christmas movie. All right. See you in the next life, Jack. I'm dreaming of a wife. 
like the ones I used to know Where those streets are Listen and 